Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to be looking at what Proverbs says, what wisdom, what wisdom those who fear the Lord uh, need to know about work, uh, about laziness. So this morning it's learning to take initiative is what I've called the message. And we've got some advice from the Proverbs about doing that this morning. As we look at Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 6 to 11. Proverbs 6 and verses 6 to 11. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn their ways and be wise. Even though they have no prince, governor or ruler to make them work. They labour hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? I want you to learn this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So as we seek God's wisdom this morning, uh, let's pray together that he will speak to us and that he will um, reveal things that he wants to do in our lives this morning. Let's pray, shall we? God, it's great to be together. We love being part of what you're doing here in Wodonga, Albury and the districts all around. God, it's great to be part of your people who gather together regularly, who open your word, who follow you, Lord Jesus, uh, each day, becoming more and more like you every day. God, it's great to be here this morning to celebrate and to praise you for all you've done. To say, God, to you be the glory. Great things you've done. You've loved us so much that you've sent your son, Jesus, into the world. And he's while we're here, God, we're so thankful that now we can come to you and pray and know that our sin, our turning away from you has all been dealt with. You've forgiven us because of Jesus, all that he's done on the cross, and we just want to say thank you. And this morning, we want to say, God, we, we come depending on you for all that we have, depending on you uh, to get, lead us and to guide us. And God, we want to pray for those now who are grieving this morning, the loss of loved ones. God, in these times of sadness, we ask that you would be their comfort. God, we pray for those that are now facing all kinds of sickness and illness and don't know what the future holds. Oh God, we pray that you would be their strength and their comfort as they look to you for every step of their journey. God, we pray knowing that you are a God who can heal. That, Lord, if this is your will in these situations, that you would heal them. God, we want to pray especially now for Nairi Miller. And we just lift her up to you this morning. God, we pray for the doctors and the specialists that will be looking and, and deciding on what treatment will happen tomorrow. God, we pray you give them wisdom. 
God, we pray for the family together that they would know your strength at this time, that they would sense your presence so deeply that as they walk through this, this time, that they would know you with them. And God, we would pray that you would clearly show your power and your might in this situation. God, this morning, we need to know more from you. Uh, And as we open your word, we ask that you would speak to us. God, would you guide us? Would you lead us, we pray. We're ready. We're open. Our hearts long to hear more from you this morning. So speak, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we also want to say thank you so much to everybody who came to the church meeting on uh, Wednesday night. We had a a great night and it was just encouraging to see so many out. I think it was one of our best attended for a long time. So that's that's great. And um, you took initiative and you came and it was great. One of the things we uh, just shared that there's a few... Things happening this Tuesday night is a small group leaders uh, gathering. Now, if you're a small group leader, um, this Tuesday night, 7.30, uh, come along and you'll be given training and helped. Um, if you're a small group leader in a, something like Breathe or in uh, Youth United or something, that's great. You, you uh, will be getting ongoing training through your leaders um, so don't you worry if you're a life force small group leader or something. We're just gathering our small group leaders who come under the team that look after the small group leaders led by Jeff Pryor and other people like that. So this Tuesday night, come along to that. That would be great if you're a small group leader. If you're a small group leader and can't make it this week, get somebody else from the team to come who you trust and want to bring back the information to you. That would be great as well. Now, um, Learning to take initiative. I can remember growing up, my mum saying to me, Jonathan, I want you to tidy your room. And I remember saying what lots of kids often say, but no worries, mum, no worries. I've got all day, mum. I'll, I'll get round to it. It's all right. Some of you know what I'm, I'm talking about, experiencing that now in your lives. But that's, that's what I, I would do. Mum would come back later and she'd say, have you got your room tidy? I'd say, oh, no, not yet. You know, don't hassle me, mum. Don't hassle me. And then eventually mum would say, right, she'd come up with a few different solutions and she'd say, now you're not going to get any tea tonight until your room is tidy. Sometimes she'd just say, get into your room now and you're not allowed out until it's tidy. But I would always be someone that would just seem to go, for when it came to room and other things like that, just wait to the last minute until I had to and then I'd do uh, what I was told. When I was uh, younger, I can remember loving the weekend because I'd sleep in. And I'd mean, I mean really, I'd sleep in um, until 10 o'clock sometimes. But sometimes I'd even sleep until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. This is when I was uh, younger. Now you remember last week we talked about the wisdom, fear of the Lord and saying the purpose of Proverbs is to provide wisdom to the young and the simple-minded. You know, the, the people that you know, for, so for, for all of us, but identify the young. So young, if you're like me, you know, there, there's words for you this morning to encourage you if you're sleeping in all the time as well. Uh, you know, this was not healthy rest that the Bible talks about. This was laziness for me. I'll own it. It was laziness. Plain old laziness. I remember going to school in primary school and getting my first 
major assignment and I could choose a country of my choice anywhere in the world and the project involved me uh, finding out about the kind of food that people ate there, the population, the kind of cultural information about this place and places of interest that were there. And I remember getting this, I chose Japan and I remember uh, just putting it off. My dad would say, uh, Jonathan, how's that going? You know, in, in about grade three, I was sort of saying, yeah, it's all right, Dad, it'll be fine. And then eventually it got to the night before <laughs> and my dad couldn't stand it any longer. And he just took control and he said, right, let's do it together. And he, we cut out, you know, travel agent photos from Japan and we got all the statistics and I turned up on Monday morning bleary-eyed, but put it in and I got 150 out of 150 for it. <laughs> and you know what my little young heart learnt at that stage? If you get in trouble, if you get right against the thing, people who love you will always help you out. <laughs> That's a terrible thing for a young guy to learn, don't you think? I've had to unlearn that as I've grown up, you know, because it, it's got to me where I've been at, at uh, you know, high school. I think I've told you many times that at year nine, you know, they said, you're not passing anything, Jonathan. And I was still saying, it'll be all right. You know, I'll go and talk to people at lunchtime. I'll muck around with friends. I'll do whatever I, I want. And one day I'll get around to doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, I had lots of fun at high school. But I had to sit down at some point and say, it's time I take initiative. Uh, so many people today have grown up, but they're still lazy. They're putting off things that they know that they should do because they can't be bothered. I'll get around to it someday, but they never do. You know, I'll lose weight one day, but they never do. Uh, one day I'm going to save money. I really am. I, I want to be able to save money well, but they never get around to it. They know they should spend time with their family. One day they will. It will happen. Someday I'll, I'll get around to it. But work's so busy. One day we'll go on a holiday but they never get round to it. We'll build an extension on the house. I'll clean the garage. I'll learn to drive. I'll say I'm sorry to someone I've hurt, but they never get around to it. Proverbs uh, describes the person who always procrastinates, always puts things off uh, as lazy bones. Uh, the NIV uh, translation um, Says, says this, uh, the sluggard, go to the ant, you sluggard. So instead of saying lazy bones, uses the term sluggard. Uh, it's a very vivid term, isn't it? Uh, the dictionary describes this kind of person, the uh, indolent person, as being adverse to exertion. You know, uh, I really don't want to do anything. Uh, they're, they don't like, uh, they want things that cause no pain. In, you know, if it causes pain, I'm going to avoid it. They're habitually lazy. The word uh, sluggard carries with it rich imagery, doesn't it? You know, a slug 
is a slimy, um, snail-like creature without a shell, you know. Uh, I left home this morning and as I was walking to the car, on the pathway was like a big, fat slug just lying there. I couldn't tell whether it was a, a, a boy or a girl slug, <laughs> but it was just lying there um, doing nothing. Um, I watched carefully and it just sort of turned around a little bit slowly and just kind of, you know, stayed there. Uh, you know, it gets to a little rock. I could imagine if it got to a rock, a little pebble. Oh, no. How, what am I going to do? You know, um, and you look at these little slugs that just slowly go along, in, aimlessly wandering in no direction. And uh, you, you think, why do you even try? Just, just give up, slugs. You know, at our house, we've got a dog, and the dog does poo, and the slugs eat all the poo, you know. <laughs> but I don't think that's got anything to do with taking initiative. <laughs> but it just shows how, you know, totally unthinking they are, isn't it? You know, Proverbs says a few things about these sluggard kind of people. They say, uh, it says in Proverbs 19, 24, this. Some people are so lazy that they won't even lift a finger to feed themselves. You know, there's a, a picture of someone putting their hand down into the plate, you know, to pick up the food. And they haven't got the motivation or the desire to just pick it up and put it into their mouth. The, the, the sluggard, that's a picture that the Proverbs gives. Uh, it says in Proverbs 26, 14, as a door turns back and forth on its hinges. So the lazy person turns over in bed. You know, just like a hinge, turns to one side, turns to the other side, you know, 10.30, uh, 12 o'clock, keeps over. You know, no direction, no aim, no going anywhere. You know, it, it even um, it says in Proverbs 22 and verse 13, some of the excuses that um, people make who are, um, who are sluggards or lazy people. Some of these people are full of excuses. The lazy person, it says in Proverbs 22, 13, uh, says, is the lazy person is full of excuses saying, if I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. <laughs> Have you ever met people like that? You know, oh, well, I would go out, but something could happen to me, so I'll just stay here. You know, I would do this, but we make uh, lots of excuses. We make lots of things for not getting things done, the, the lazy person. Now, I know here, amongst us, there's not many people that can identify with ever putting their hand down into the plate and not being able to pick it up, you know. I mean, there's not that many that are so lazy that we can't do that, you know, and I know not many of you are still sleeping until one o'clock, you know, but maybe there are some. But I think for the vast majority of us, we say, Jonathan, this morning, you have got to be kidding. Me, a lazy person, if you only knew the hours that I put in at work, if you only knew the way in which I have to spend my weekend just to keep things in order at home. And the last thing I want is to come to church this morning and hear that I'm a lazy bones. And I think you're right. Most of us aren't 
wouldn't be described as lazy bones when we, you looked at our lives. But you know what I think? I think for some of us, there are lazy bones areas in our lives. You know, some of us are, are really good at doing some, of, some things really well. But other things we conveniently just leave and procrastinate on and never take initiative in. You know, not every area, but one or two. And when you really think about it, when it really comes down to it, they're things you should be doing, but you've left them off. You know, some of the things we could do for followers of Christ we can think about are some of the habits that we talked about at the start of the year. You know, reading our Bibles, uh, praying, spending time daily with the Lord, uh, giving uh, regularly, being a, a, a generous giver. And we think, well, no, lazy bones doesn't apply to me. But hang on, maybe when it comes into those areas, there are some times where I just say, one day I'll get round to it. You know, maybe for you, uh, you'll say, I work so hard so I don't need to look after my finances responsibly. And the credit card debt that just keeps coming on and the, the things that I just keep spending and letting my money uh, go further and further into debt, that's not a big deal because I've got a job. Well, it is. Uh, maybe that's a lazy bones area. Maybe the times when you think, one day I'll be a better parent. One day I'll get round to spending the time that my kids need with me, with them, and help uh, put in the disciplines that will help them take initiative when they go away. But when you think about it, it it's that one day hasn't come for a long time. So maybe we're not completely lazy bones. But maybe there's a couple of areas, maybe two or three, maybe there's a few more, maybe there's just one, where the wisdom of Proverbs, words for those who fear the Lord and want to get his wisdom, can find great advice from so let's look at what uh, the uh, Proverbs says. starts off in this passage by saying, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and be wise. Uh, do you know, ants are incredible little things. Uh, I'm told that if you are to get, you can get these things called ant farms. And um, what they are is like a little plastic kind of thing with sand in and you pour the ants in and you uh, have a little thing where you can watch ants do all their work. Now, an amazing thing, I'm told, happens if you get an ant farm and you, you put it up in your room and you pour in all the sand and then you pour in all the ants. What can happen is bit by bit, over a time, the ants transform just a lump of sand into a little kingdom, you know, like a little city. You can see little holes going down and little places where they come and they stay down here and you can watch all of this coming from chaos into order, bit by bit. Now, the incredible thing is that ants, um, it doesn't look like much is happening at all. But when you watch and observe over time, they're able to accomplish a lot of things. So our advice this morning from Proverbs is to just take some time. Maybe this afternoon, maybe when you're out on a walk, just go right over to one of those little ant 
spots. Maybe you want to buy an ant farm, whatever, however far you want to take this. But take God's word literally. You know, go and have a look at the ants. Sit down and watch them and see what they do. And let's see if we can learn something from them. Well, the, the, the writer says, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, take a lesson from the ants and learn from their ways and be wise. So the question this morning is, what things can you and I learn from ants when it comes to taking initiative in our lives? What things can we learn? Well, the verse goes on. The verses go on and it says, even though they have no prince, governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard all summer. I think one of the first things that we can learn about ants as we observe them, as we look at them, is they don't need a boss around to motivate them. They, they don't need a boss around to make them work. Ants actually take responsibility for taking initiative. That seems pretty incredible, isn't it? It says here that even though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard. So no one's forcing them to work, but they work hard. Do you know, um, these ants are just do it kind of ants as you look at them. Uh, what happens is there are, it, it's, it's so different to what happens in so many businesses, in so many people's lives, in so many people's families. Uh, see, there are many people who work in such a way that they'll only do what they can get away with. They'll only work as much as they can to get away with what they, they're required to do. They say things like, why work more than you have to? You know, we, we're not paid to do more than we have to. So why don't we do just as much as we're paid to do? And, you know, every now and again, we might even be able to slack off a bit here and there when... when when we, we want to, because it's pointless to put in more than you're paid to do. The ants uh, work anyway. They know payment comes from working hard and receiving uh, the, the benefits of the rewards of hard work. You know, some people work hard only when the boss is there, watching them. You know, when the boss is there, they work hard, but when the boss is gone, they muck around, they play up and they slack off. You know, if you ask them what their goal in life is and they would say, it's to please the boss. You know, that's what I'm doing. If the boss is happy, whether I've worked hard or not, whether I've slacked off and got away with it or not, as long as the boss is happy. Now, for Christians, for people who follow Christ, this is not our way. This cannot be our way. Because remember last week we talked that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Remember how we talked about that? And we talked about, well, what does it mean to fear? It doesn't mean to be scared and afraid all the time and think of this angry, vengeful, wrathful God. But it means that if we fear God, we will recognise that he is real and that he's sovereign, that he made the heavens and the earth and that he has a plan for, for this earth. He's in control. And one day we'll stand before him and we'll give account for our lives. So what's the response? Well, two things we said, remember, worship him, live lives of reverence, worship where we know that God is real, so we spend each day worshipping him and, and acknowledging him in all that we do. And the second thing is that we submit to him in obedience. We do what he says. We, we seek to live our lives in obedience to him. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And so for us, a Christian who sits there and says, well, my boss is not here, so now I'll just muck around and do it. Well, your boss is still there. 
God is still watching you. And he's the one who you want to give an account to. So work whether your boss is there or not. And some of you might, uh, this is exactly what it says in Colossians 3.23. It says, work hard and cheerfully whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So for Christians, whether it be, you know, um, doing the the most smallest tasks, we work as though we were working for Jesus and he's giving us the paycheck and he's watching over us every moment. So Christians should be the best workers. And you might say, Jonathan, you don't know my boss. How can I work hard and cheerfully for my boss? You know, I think there's um, some interesting, interesting verse in Ephesians uh, that, that sort of covers this. Ephesians verses, uh, chapter 6 and verses 6 to 7. It says, work hard. Uh, he's instructing slaves who have masters and, and they could be very cruel. Uh, Paul says, work hard, but not just to please your masters when they're watching. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, if you're working for God, whether you've got a terrible boss or a, a lovely boss, makes no difference because your ultimate boss is one who loves you and loves you enough to die for you and gives you purpose and hope and he's the one you want to please even more than a nasty, horrible, terrible boss. It's the same for you if you're at home looking after the kids. It's the same for you if you're working um, on different uh, things, on trying to handle your money well and not just be lazy with that. Or if if you're wanting to learn how to eat well and look after your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're wanting to exercise and look after that, it's just the same. You give accountable to God. You know, if, you, if you only work when the boss is around, some of those other areas that no one's a boss over, you know, tend to slack off, don't they? I mean, you only get your finances into account when you might feel that someone might uh, see what you do with it. Many people would start tithing immediately if they knew that we'd put their bank statements up on the thing, which we'd never do. Uh, <laughs> Unless, what do we think? Do we think, no, no. <laughs> but, but it would make a difference to some people. You know, and, and that shows when the boss is watching. You know, some people want the pastor to be a, a boss you know, who goes around trying to get you to do things really hard because you should. But when I'm not here, how would you go if that was the method of, of growth that we have? Now, God wants you to take responsibility for your own initiative he doesn't want you to say one day my boss might make me do this one day my wife might really get on my case about getting home late every night and then i'll change one day my my kids might stop yelling and then i'll take responsibility for my anger one day i'll do Uh, who is responsible for you taking initiative it's you it's you. The ants know it. Do you know it? So when it comes to work, you be the one that works hard, even with the terrible boss. You be the one that works hard, even with a fabulous boss that would allow you to slack off if you wanted to. You be the one 
that takes initiative. I think the second thing that we uh, really learn from the ants is that they get things done one grain at a time. They labour hard all summer gathering food for the winter. You know, if you were to look carefully at those ants, you don't notice it all at once. But if you were to leave an ant farm and come back in a couple of days, you'd see dramatic changes. But as you looked at the ant farm, all you'd see is one little ant taking one little piece of grain from one side of the ant farm to the other, leaving it there and working back. And you think, that seems just ridiculous. What a waste of time. But one grain at a time, a city, an ant city, is built with little uh, things going down into the ground, ant hills and everything takes shape as the ant does it one grain at a time. Do you know one thing that I find amusing, but I find myself doing it sometimes too, is not really understanding how things work in life. You know, sometimes I find myself looking at other people and say, oh, aren't they lucky they got rich, you know? Or aren't they lucky that they're good parents? Wow, isn't it great that they, uh, that they work so hard, that they, got a, that they got a great job, you think? You don't think about the work. You just say, isn't it great that they got a good job? Wasn't that fortunate? Wasn't that lucky? Wow, isn't it incredible that that person's in great shape physically, physically fit, healthy? Wasn't, isn't that just a, a, a great chance? You know, even sometimes we look at these bodybuilders on the thing and I think, oh, gee, I wish I was as fortunate as they are to just be like that, happen to be like that. You know, we think that people that are successful just happened to become organised in that area. You know, bodybuilders don't become fit and physically strong just one day. They don't get out of bed and find themselves with bodies that just, you know, ripple with muscles. It doesn't happen. People that are financially independent, they don't just wake up one morning and all of a sudden find that someone's poured money into their accounts and paid their bills and everything's in order and their system's there. Do you know how it happens? One grain of sand at a time. You know what's happening to me when I was in year nine? It'll happen one day, you know. I'll muck around, play, you know, go and kick the footy again. One day everything will happen and I'll just, I'll just land the job that I need and everything will turn out fine. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, it happens one grain of sand at a time. The people that actually are wise and demonstrate the traits of the wise person who fears the Lord... Uh, actually take initiative by starting and they start small and day after day they continue to push one grain of sand and before long they find that their lives are ones that are wise, wisely lived. You think about it with the habits that we talked about at the start. Most of us want to be spiritually mature. 
most of the people want to, most of us want God to look at us and to say, people to look at us and say, I see Jesus in that person. And we keep thinking, one day I'm going to wake up and the Holy Spirit, wacko, and I'm going to be spiritually mature. It's going to happen that day. But right now I'm too busy to spend time reading God's word. Right now, prayer is, is not a huge thing for me. You know, right now, I, I just want to, I know God wants me to give to him and to, to what he's doing and to be generous, but I, that one day that will happen. But boy, we look at other people and say, wouldn't it be great to be like them? One day we hope it will happen. But you know the way of the wise? They say, let's just start doing a little bit today. Let's just start doing it again tomorrow. And Eventually, we'll be habitual people that have read through the Bible completely, uh, that have read through, uh, in you know, five years' time, we might have read it through a number of times, come across the same passages over and over again, and someone might come to us and say, oh, look, I'm thinking, my life is falling apart, I'm about to leave my, my wife, and have you got any advice? And you can say, now, where did that advice come from? I've got godly wisdom. I've got something that I can share with people. Well, it came one grain of sand at a time. Some of you started again your uh, diet since New Year, you know, the crash diet that in just two weeks you lose weight and you lose it all and you look fabulous again. The only problem with those things is that we, we look and we, you want to be in this sort of shape and we think we'll just do the shortcuts to get there but we don't learn the habitual daily thing of eating right, of exercising a little bit and getting into a habit where we'll stay continually fit and healthy. You know, there are two things that stop people, the two lies that stop people from actually becoming people who are wise in all different areas of their life. One is the thing that they say, I want it all. I want it all now. I want it all. So we say, I want to be like Jesus. That's what I want to be like. But then we miss, you know, uh, we, we try and go on a big massive retreat or we pray and we fast and we try and do that and then we think, oh, we're not like we want to be. And we get all depressed and we give up and we say, it's too hard. It's too hard. I can't do it. So we, we just think from here to there is just a matter of going full on and we'll get there. But you never become spiritually mature just by knowing what it looks like. And there's no shortcuts to it. It's the same with financial um, security. You know, God says he wants us to be people who are good managers of our, of our money, who actually are good stewards of the things that he gives us. And, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. But if you put a little bit away this week, if you pay a little bit more extra off the mortgage this, this month, if you pay a little bit, you'll look back in five years, ten years, and you'll be amazed at what those rewards have done. If you put God first and say, I'm going to honour him with the first 10% and then I keep doing other little things with the rest of it, you'll see it grow. And God will honour you in that. It doesn't happen overnight, but bit by bit you'll put him first in those areas and become disciplined. When it comes to weight, don't go for the big crash diet. You know, Go for just a little bit, maybe a 10-minute walk to start with. Then after a little while, if you've got that going, go for a 10-minute walk. Look at the ant and see what, what they do. They labour hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. And when the winter comes, they're ready. You know what, what they do? They have a plan. 
a plan to start, to take initiatives to start and take the very first step. I wonder what it is for you this morning. I wonder what your feeling is, your area of lazy bones or sluggardness. I wonder whether you've identified it as I've been talking this morning. Maybe it's someone who you've been a long way from because you've said something that's hurt them or they've said something that's hurt you and it's an area that you know should be resolved but you've never taken the first step to resolve that issue. Maybe it's an addiction that you have, something that other people would never know and yet you've just kept that quiet from everybody else and you've never taken the first step. Well, you know, giving up the addiction wholeheartedly seems overwhelming. But starting with a small step towards breaking that and continuing to do that regularly will help you to break that addiction as well. Ask God for the strength to take it one step at a time. Look what it says in Proverbs 21 and uh, verse... Uh, let me just... Find this. Verse 5, Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity or to wisdom, to success. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. If you're trying to do something overnight, won't work. But bit by bit, you'll find yourself being wise. You know, you've heard things, life's a cinch by the inch, hard by the yard. Walk, don't run. I think that's what the proverb is saying, is it says, look at the ant. Have you heard things? My grandfather used to t- tell me, if you fail to prepare, be prepared to fail. You know, plan, bit by bit, a little bit each day. Uh, there's a saying that says, plan, the, plan uh, the work and work the plan. You know, just simple things that the wise have done. And you know, there's only one way that you and I can climb a mountain, and it's just one step at a time. So these things are simple, aren't they? But as you look at the wise, you'll find very rarely do these people get it all at once. Very rarely does it come overnight. It takes work. So I wonder for you, what are you going to start on? What are you going to begin today to do just a little bit of each time? I know I was away with Bill Hybels and um, uh, for the last couple of weeks and just time and time again as he was talking he said I've read this book uh, you know in this book you've got to read that book read that book and I think well I need to read more you know I, I, he's just uh, you know the way that he's done, he's just reading different things all the time and I think in a busy life reading can sometimes get put off to the end but it's something that I should do and not be lazy bones about so for me what, what, do, I, what do I normally do go down and buy Ten books and go, yeah, right, I'm going to read all this weekend and get ten, you know. No way. No. Maybe if I just put 15 minutes a day to start with, increase it to 20, go to 30, then start to do that. In a little, little bit while I'll have a regular habit of reading and you'll find that, I'll find that in years' time I'll be have read a lot more than I've read um, up to this point. I wonder what it is for you. Maybe there are other things this morning that you need to do. Last thing it says, but you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? You want to learn this lesson? I want you to learn this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed 
robber. This morning, you've got some options. And the way you respond will actually determine what it's like in five, ten years. God wants you to be wise and to fear him. You know, one of the things I want to close with this morning is that Jesus uh, came to earth because God took initiative. He took initiative with you and I. You know, he made us and he put us in the Garden of Eden and he made this world for us. And we turned our backs on him. We shook our fists on him. We went our own way. And the relationship between us and God was broken. But God didn't want to leave it like that. Uh, He wanted us to have access to him, to come and have a relationship with him. So he took the initiative. He sent his son who came down to earth, who lived, who preached, who taught, who did incredible miracles and showed by his power that he was God's son. He died on the cross so that you and I can be forgiven for the things that we've done against him. That's the first thing for you to do, to accept his forgiveness. He's taken the initiative to come and do that for you. But if you don't fear the Lord, all of this, uh, you know, you won't be able to, you just got to work for your boss because there's no other boss. Uh, But if God's your boss, then that will change that. The invitation today is God's taking the initiative to send his son who's died and risen again, paid all the price for you and you can have a relationship with him. But you need to take the initiative and say thank you by faith. If you've never done that, today's a great day to do that. Um, It might be for you the first thing is to accept Jesus into your heart. We'd love to pray with you after the service about doing that. It might be today, though, that you realise there are a number of areas you've got to work on. Get a plan. Do it today. Write down the first few steps of what you're going to do next. And I can see we'll be walking with the wise for a long time to come. Okay? Let's pray. God, we want to thank you this morning for the wisdom that comes from from your word. Some of us have had just great dreams that we hoped that one day you'd zap uh, us and they'd come true. God, this morning we've realised that's not going to happen. Uh, That rarely happens. But you want us to start one grain of sand at a time. God, you want us to to do this uh, daily and to keep doing the things that you're calling us to do so that we can become more and more like you and we can honour you with our lives. Help us be wise, God. Help us to fear you this week as we go. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning.